0: Is cliffcentral.com. Good day and welcome to another episode of Disrupt with Impumint Lapo. Um, We are live from the Cliff Central studios. Um, Thank you to our sponsors T Systems once again for making this platform possible. I've got a very exciting and energetic guest with me in studio. She's smiling very broadly. Good morning, Kelly. How are you?
1: Good morning, Fumi. How are you?
0: Very good. Thank you. Welcome. Um, yes, so yeah. Kelly, um, before we get started, you know, the the topic we'll be exploring today is really about In this world, uh, this disruptive world that we've been talking about How do we grow our businesses sustainably into the future? You know, disruption comes from all angles uh, Financial services companies are disturbing or disrupting the banks Vehicle manufacturers are being disrupted by the factories and companies that they outsource certain components to where people are now coming with third-party options. So really, the discussion is, um, as business owners, how do we grow our businesses into the future? What are the things we need to look forward to or look – what are the things that we need to look out for in terms of growing our businesses? And most importantly, what are the resources available to us to work differently? Um, Kayleigh, I know you've been – a very disruptive personality. You told me that I must be looking out for a roller coaster for our discussion today.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Tell
0: me about yourself. You're the CEO of Nomadic Verve. Um, maybe an introduction to who Kaylee is?
1: Okay. Wow. Where do we start? Um, firstly, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a complete honor to be here. Um, starting um, your own business is a very daunting thing, as you know so well. Um, and. I started this journey about two and a half years ago. I had some really good partners who backed me um Fantastic. which I was really fortunate about um yeah, the three of them, Juliet, Carlos and Mike, have just yeah given me an opportunity which is is doesn't come come uh, along very often um but I suppose my disruptive personality started from a very young age i uh I' got two brothers um and then subsequently three little sisters, but I was always a tomboy and uh, never wanted to be conventional. I uh, was accepted to university. And I think that's probably when the real disup- <laughs> disruption started. Before, or after university. <laughs> uh, before, uh-huh. uh, much to my parents' um, horror, I uh, declined university. Uh, three times um
0: what were you accepted for at the time uh
1: so i was going to do a BCom in in marketing and um i my my theory was that i didn't want to just be average so i've always just had this (laughs) my poor husband has to listen to this on a daily basis but um i've never wanted to be just mediocre um and i've always wanted to try and be somebody who was um who was different who strove uh, who who would strive for something that was a little bit out of reach yes. um and i've come from Zimbabwe, I think you know we come from a nation of people who 've been um, yeah under a lot of stress and strain for a number of years, but I okay. think it's born a, a, um, a group, a generation of people that are strong, resilient. Um, They make a plan. They um, really come to the party and they work hard. And Mm. I think that was born in me and and really cultivated by my parents. Um, So I declined university. I actually wanted to be a helicopter pilot in the British Army. Mm. That was always my... (laughs) In
0: the British Army specifically?
1: Yeah, well, in any army, really. I'm not quite sure why I wanted to go in the army. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But my dad... um, I'll never forget when he phoned me and he said, please, you know, I had one. I just had to do my fitness test and um, I'd passed with flying colors. And he said to me, please, just don't let's just not go to the front line. Yeah, it was when the UK was going, you know, to war with Iraq and it would have been on the front line. So I, I said, OK, that's fine. But the deal is that I'm not going to go to university. <laughs> so reluctantly, he said, yes, okay, fine. Um, so, yeah, so I started uh, – I lived in the U.K. for about eight years. I started a career there. I uh, went – found myself in, in the marketing space, in the tech marketing space. Okay. And – um yeah, I grew from there. I worked for a company called McDonald Butler. Mike Butler is one of my business partners who, who backed me to start my own business. I worked for them for about four years.
2: Okay. And in the UK.
1: In the UK. Then decided to come home, um, cause all my family's in Zim and, um, I came home. It's fantastic there in the tourism industry. Um, tourism's not for me, but <laughs> but a great industry. And I decided I was there for about a year. I met my husband, and we Mike phoned me and said, "Would you like to start the the tech agency, the marketing agency in South Africa?" So I did, and um, I ran it for two years, and then um, the. The tech, uh, the entrepreneur in me, I think, started to get a little bit restless, and I said, "No, I really want to start my own thing." You know, I've got a vision around what I want to create in the marketing and sales arena in the technology industry, and I really want to follow through on that. And I, I, um, obviously, um, McDonald Butler is a fantastic agency in the UK, but they were running. Their way, and I wanted to. I thought we needed to be more localized, and so Mike was fantastic. He he supported me, and a client of mine actually um, said, "Kitty, I'll you know we'll back you." Carlos and Juliet were like, "We'll back you to start." So, Nomadic Move was born about two and a half years ago. Oh. Yeah. Um, and it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> ah. It's been a roller coaster. It's been absolutely fantastic, and I'm incredibly blessed that we've had the opportunity. I've done some amazing stuff with with um, the enterprise and in government as well. Okay. Um,
0: so now, before before we get into yeah. that, I just want to talk a little bit about um, you went to the army, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's not a common thing for for a young woman to want to go and be an, uh, in a helicopter pilot. Mm-hmm. What was happening at that stage in your life.
2: Um so
1: I think I was just kicking against every um, every conventional outlook. So um and I and I have I I'm, I'm not a, a traditionalist. I I definitely um go against the grain. Okay. Um my family's had to deal with that for <laughs> for 32 years. Um and I believe that you know we were all born and put on this planet for a reason, and I think that um, you have to re- relentlessly pursue your 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 value and um, why are you here. And Absolutely. I think, um, I, you know, I think I've still got a massive journey to go on. I, I think there's still so much in front me that I'm gonna do in my life. I have a I have a very restless little girl in me that. Um, is constantly looking for how to make a difference to to change the world really, which sounds yes. so corny but it's it's just yeah. yeah um yeah it's definitely deep set and I think the helicopter pilot thing was was doing something that was completely out of um what everyone expected me to do okay um you know that i I think education is just the most important thing and um university is a very important thing but i i very strongly believe that you should only go if you know what you want to do and you um you are have some inkling on of your passion um you can definitely go to explore that as well but i think the time is is very much now and i think things need to happen i mean my biggest I suppose lesson in life is if you want to do something just go out and do it and don't wait for everything to align um, you know I'm I everyone keeps saying I've just got married and everyone keeps saying when are you going to have kids and that's also a wonderful thing but I think everyone has their time um, and so the helicopter Pilot thing. Um, I um, will now start to to train as a helicopter pilot. All those like ten years, twelve later. years later, yes. um, because it is just something that I've wanted to do. Okay. Um.
0: And and then so you you left so you left the, the army to to please your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extent? Well, I
1: didn't even get in because he just said to me, you know, um, he had go. some experience of obviously, and he just said to me, please, don't like this. this is you're my only daughter. It's not really <laughs> okay.
0: And how did you know then that the that was the, the career you took with the agency. Now, how did so, that come? How did that happen?
1: Well, I so I was I was um, headhunted actually for that, but more not because of my knowledge of the industry, um, more just because of my work ethic, I think, um, and the way that I saw things and. Um, yeah, I'll never forget when I met Maeve, Mike's wife, who owns McDonnell Butler, she just said to me, um, this was serendipitous. We, mm. I just feel like we should, you know, the planets have aligned. And I think because Mike and Maeve have stayed in my life for, you know, the last, we definitely were meant to have met, you know. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 nothing, I'm always exploring different things. Um. Uh, you know, my business coach says I have a high RPM.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so I like to to see what other things. I mean, I I think my, my my I've always wanted to go into politics as well. Okay. Um.
0: So it's a lot of energy in many uh, many places. Loads
1: of different places. So channeling it for me is probably it's the the, the, the most, hardest yes. thing, <laughs> the most challenging. But
0: okay. Yeah. And then and then you founded Nomadic Verb. We were at that mm. stage now where. Um, you've teamed up with um, some partners. Mm. And um, can you maybe just elaborate for me, what does Nomadic Verve do? I mean, this is the one thing you've managed to rally your energy around.
1: Yeah. So what what does it
0: do? What is this business all about?
1: So when I started it, I had a vision around – I'd worked in in the technology space for at least, gosh, six, seven years in the marketing space. And I had this – vision around, um, you know, I was seeing a lot more technology stuff come into the market. There's, you know, it's it's prolific. It's everywhere. Um, And I was just starting to see a little bit of a disconnect between how the vendors were approaching um, their customers. So I had a, I had a, a vision around what I wanted to do and where I wanted to support either the end user, so the enterprise end user or the government end user. Okay. Um, and therefore support the, the vendor in terms of how they sold and what they sold kind of matching the, the demand and the supply rather than pushing the supply out to the market. So, I started that. I I started with a, an event. I took the Enterprise Mobility Forum event on. Um, I, and
0: that's something that you created yes, from script Ka-
1: with Carlos actually. So it yeah. was, So it was Carlos's um, idea. He started the Enterprise Mobility, and that was that was matching uh, blue collar, white collar, m- mobile solutions about six years ago when everything kind of came, um, you know, into the world of enterprise mobility, and. Um, what I, what I wanted to do then, and after the first year that I took that, I changed to the enterprise of the future because I was seeing a convergence of all the different technologies within an enterprise. So I believe in a holistic approach to to technology in the enterprise. Okay. Um, so, for example, cybersecurity, I do a lot of cybersecurity stuff, and I don't believe that it should be siloed to to any one person or department. Okay. Um, I believe it's a very human approach. Uh, there's a lot of human weakness in it. And so it, it needs to um, involve multiple disciplines um, and different stakeholders. Yes. Um, just as an example. So Enterprise of the Future was born. Um,
0: and, and what does this Enterprise of the Future look like?
1: So for me… Again, so my big thing was around driving sustainable relationships, right? So okay. for me, the enterprise of the future is, is somebody, is a, is a business or an organization that's holistically bought into the adoption of technology. Okay. Um, everyone's involved. It's not, um, something that's pushed out and, um, isn't a grudge purchase so we're involving everyone right from the finance the head of finance to operations to hr to marketing um to the social side of it uh, it's no longer i think technology is no longer um you know something that kind of sits in the back um yes. it's very much part of the board conversation but it's not it, it isn't only doesn't only include everybody who has a tech title Yes. And I think that's what where the enterprise of the future is really going. And I think where um, businesses are, are changing and making the most change, because it's a big change management thing, mm. I think. Um, and the adoption of technology is just – I don't know it's fascinating. I really think it's a psychological thing. So yes. um so where I started Enterprise of the Future forum was I, I kind of took it back to ground zero, uh, put everything, put all the different um technologies together and decided um that we needed to have a better approach to how vendors were talking to um the end user and not around just a sales so not just a just not a flea market type of um <laughs> environment where people were just selling i wanted the, the end users to step up with their experience because okay. they're at the coal face, right Ooh. so we need to hear um you know warts and all kind of what's going on because um you know there's so much technology coming out and and big businesses have huge um targets in terms of what they have to sell and you know i think so i was just saying that there was a slight disconnect in terms of of really engaging the audience so that's the the premise of how Enterprise of the Future was born. Okay. And then I created something called, um, 365 Engage because I started to go client side. So with the end user to figure out what they were missing, um, or perhaps, um, where they needed support. So often I find it lies on both sides. So it doesn't kind of, um, the disconnect is not, is not because of any one, um, side, I do believe that there's an articulation thing also that's really important. Um, okay. So, jesus being able to articulate what the issue is and what their problem is, um, getting the right people involved yes. as well, and and not and not being um, being put in a place where they can't actually say what it is that they want because they're worried that they're going to get something's going to get sold at them.
2: Yes. <laughs> you so, know.
0: so, if I understand you correctly, what you're saying is that um, your business then. Plays a role in bringing the, the end users together yeah, with, with, with the, the technology providers. Okay. Right? So fulfilling some sort of a sales orchestration function.
1: Correct. So, so we focus on sales enablement, and the platform, the 365 um, Engage platform that I created last year, pushes the end user through a digital transformation um, cycle ah. and the vendor through a sales enablement cycle. Okay. Okay. Can
0: you, can you elaborate on that? Yeah.
1: So basically I um, bring the two together through multiple touch points across uh, an extended amount of time to create a sustainable um, relationship. So my, my thing for me is not around closing a deal. Mm. For me, it's around the human to human connection and how, um, creating that connection between the vendor and the end user will inevitably drive um sales for the vendor but solve the the problems for 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 the customer, for the customer. so for me the, the the sales beliefs that i have are um around educating um and empowering the end user. So I want to educate them as to what the issues are and then empower them with the knowledge of what those issues are. Then, um, investigating those, um, those challenges within their business and helping them understand those challenges. Um, so really understanding where the problem is. Cause again, um, the connection between vendor and, and buyer and seller is, is being slightly eroded because there's, Maybe not a good articulation, but not a good listening or understanding of what the, the problem is. Okay. So we do a lot of ideation uh, pieces. And then finally, um, connecting them to the right vendor to solve their problems. Their
0: problems with them. Mm. So let's just talk about that because um – being that this is quite a disruptive approach that you're taking, um, you know the conventional approach being we discussed it earlier. You go to a convention or a <laughs> conference, put salespeople at the stand, and then take business cards. If I can simplify yeah. it, what would you say is wrong or missing in the current, on the conventional mode um, of customer and client relations uh, within a tech space? Uh,
1: so. Um put me putting me into a dangerous place. No. Please. Yeah. <laughs> no Oh no, I'm not scared to say <laughs> Not many people like to hear it. But um so for example in the forums that we create, we don't do PowerPoint presentations. So okay. I've taken those away entirely. Tell um, me more about that. Because I don't believe I think, it, I, I, I think it should be a dialogue With the person that's on the stage We've created a different environment In terms of how everyone sits It's created almost like a university classroom You know, so you've uh, It's almost like a lecture, right? Yes. So um, it's educational It's not, and it should be a dialogue So we usually ask um, the the, ven- the vendor To step onto the stage with, with the customer Because I, I want to hear like What is going on there yes. And how the vendors reacted to it Because remember A lot of the buying thing for me is the end users because I'm independent, I can go in and get this information from the end users, and they're saying to me it's more about the relationship than it is about, you know, there are multiple products on the on the market. Yes. It, it, they can do a Google search and find everything that they need to find. Um, so. That was one of the things that we did Which was disruptive And I've got a few raised eyebrows about that And they're only 20 minutes long Because, okay. again, a big thing for me is around um, I want you to listen and I want you to retain it, right? Because yes. that drives value for the vendors That are sponsoring and participating um, And then I took away the stands Oh, gosh, that was uh, <laughs> That was oh, uproar. Those wonderful shell schemes I took them away And I said, no, we're not doing them <laughs> anymore <laughs> So now we do more um, engaging Stuff right, so um, we do smoothie bars where um, you know we've got people cycling on on motorcycles to to create the smoothie. We've got more engaging um, areas where they can go and do graphic illustrators will will work on the wall and create a story. So storytelling is a very important piece for me. I think it's fundamental to to the sales cycle, um, and and I think that if you can relate to the person that you're selling to as a human being. So we do a three day forum, we take everyone away. We're going to Zimbali in May this year. Um five star resort, wonderful. We take over the whole hotel. And then um we create loads of different pockets of activity, including whiskey tastings and golf days and you know things like that which engage the person at a human level so we'll do walks at 6 a.m in the morning because you know we've got a few exercise bunnies that mm. you know are out there and they're sharper and the, you know at 6 a.m um so,
0: but then, tell me then how how does that change the ability to do business because someone might argue to say well you know, we've had the golf days, yep. we've had the really the, the really cool activations i mean i've I've experienced yeah. some of those. I want to understand how that better prepares the company yeah. or the individual to lead yeah. um, within this very disruptive world that we live in today.
2: Yeah,
1: so um, it's a really good question, right? So that's creating the experience, but the the people that you put into that experience are probably well they're your main ingredient, right yeah. So what I've done this year is instead of inviting people to our forums, what we decided – what I decided to do last year was actually go and see them before.
0: Ah, I see. Okay. Right?
1: So we don't send out like 5,000 invites. Um, In fact, quite the contrary. Probably we've only sent out about 200 this year. Um, And I go and sit with those end users and actually – well, firstly, I just ask them why they want to come, Right. Um, because a lot of the time, um, you find these guys go to forums that are not, they're going just to get out the office. I mean, Zimbabwe is a great place to go, right? You'd mm. want to go,
0: yeah, <laughs> you'd want to just go, right? Days,
1: yeah. Um, but for me, I go and quiz them and because we're independent, I've got nothing to sell them, right? So inevitably they tell me, I, well, I can push them a lot harder. Um, but inevitably they'll tell me really what they want to, want to get to. And I'll say to them, I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste My time or You know the other participants I want you there in your own right As a person who's Experienced in this area of Disruption or transformation So um and, and again, so the bigger thing also is I don't believe in, in quantity. So it's only about 150 people, but we get a smaller number of NGOs organizations with more people okay. attending.
0: I see from those organizations. multiple,
1: Yes. And multiple okay. areas. So I think that, I mean, I got a lot of pushback because, you know, I was told it would be very resource heavy and it, it has been resource heavy and I for me, mean, there's no doubt about it. Mm. But, um, for me, I'm creating something – I'm getting exactly the right people into an experience that um, will address their own human needs and their own human likes and and um, kind of need for like adventure or, or curiosity, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm getting the right people into that situation. And then I've got a couple of – so I'm a big believer in like the up-and-coming – People, Um, You know, the guys that are disrupting in the middle or at the bottom. Um, And the only way that I can find that is by going in um, and actually meeting people and then getting connected. And so it's that massive hub and spoke um, scenario. Um, But I think it's also around focusing on the sales side of things and being quite – open about that, you know. Mm. Um yeah, the reason why you come into the forum is because there are obviously a number of vendors who um have engaged in this type of forum, believe that it's useful and they've got something to do to sell you or tell you or educate you on. Um but even within the organization, the vendor organizations themselves, I'm getting a lot of um people coming that are a lot higher up in the vendor organization. So I don't just send the sales guys, yes. right?
0: And now tell me, the the companies from a nomadic world perspective mm. that you've worked with that are the most successful, You know, based on your yeah. experience, what yeah. are they doing that other businesses are maybe missing a trick on? How are they operating differently?
1: So um, from a vendor side or an end user side?
0: Either. So, okay. so it's, I mean, really, because… Mm. Certainly in doing things the way you're doing it's it's to deliver results, right? Mm, and the results yeah. are, are meant to be relevant to the times within which we operate. Mm. So I'm interested to understand the companies that are getting it right. Mm. What are the things, what are the top three things maybe that, that they're tapping into that are helping them to be successful?
1: Yeah, okay. So um if you look at it from a vendor perspective, um, I definitely think Microsoft is getting – it right from from a um well in relation to what we're doing with them i think i think that they are they've well some of the individuals within there are hugely visionary Um, i think it definitely comes from the top Um, but they they have this need to try and do different things um and break the the legacy around what marketing should be or what sales should be the other thing i think that's really important from a vendor perspective is is the inclusiveness of um external resource so i'm a big believer in using people who are who are experts in what they do right, okay. and that whole collaboration um, exercise getting getting no, a number of different experts together to create something magic
0: from outside the organization yeah um, okay. if you
1: can 't find it within um, and i think I think the thing that I like about Microsoft is they're constantly looking for that that new Age. Age, right? Which yes. um, they they do a lot with, like their partner network and stuff. And in fact, that's how I met um, Intivate, um, and. Yeah, they, they, from that angle, really, really interesting. From the end user side, I think it's the inclusiveness. Okay. So if I look at like an APSA, um, we've got like their whole digital team coming in, in May and they're just so bought in and hungry to, to, to really address this digital transformation process.
2: Okay.
1: Um, and I think, that shows a lot in this type of stuff that they 're willing to explore, so the curiosity I think is hugely important for um, me okay. i think um, I think that 's key. Um, I look at old Mutual as well. Uh, I just see what they 're doing with their digital garage in Cape Town, and mm. I just think it 's epic. Um, the team there are yeah they 're inspiring, and I think that they 're trying to break break boundaries. Um, I think a lot of this stuff doesn 't get out you know enough because how do you you know how do you shout about it really mm. right um
0: but but that's something which is you know always you know one of the thing my role is you know I look after marketing mm-hmm. you know and a big part of it is to to do you know lead generation pipeline build all these yeah. you know sales terminologies mm-hmm. out there and the question i always ask is how do we translate this into actual revenue you know in our books yeah And and so the question I I guess I want to pose to you is how are you enabling or ensuring that – and both on the customer side that they realize the benefits but also in terms of the vendors or suppliers that you Mm -hmm. work with that they actually deliver – Revenue back to their businesses. How do you ensure that? Because obviously the platforms are great.
1: Yeah. No, but absolutely. And then after we leave Zimbabwe,
0: we need to. No, exactly. Yeah. So,
1: so, um, it's actually a great question you asked. The reason why 365 Engage was born was because I was seeing, um, so we were doing these forums. I knew who was coming from both sides and I knew that there was opportunity, um, On both sides, right? Mm -hmm. So if we talk about from a vendor perspective, so I put myself into the vendor's shoes and I'd get guys come back and say, so three months afterwards, they'd say, Oh, that was such an amazing event. Uh, And then six months later, yeah, no, it is kind of a good event. (laughs) Nine months. What? What was that event? (laughs) Um, and I mean, I mean, this is, this is me being, you know, brutally honest about, um, you know, I could have put my head in the sand. I could have said, how oh, well I know that it's a good event. Yes. Um And there was a time when I kind of thought, oh, you know, I don't know what else to do here. Like, you know, what am I – I know that there are opportunities there. And the funny thing was, is I was hearing about those opportunities. I mean, millions of dollars worth of, of revenue was wow. being driven out of our – I know it's been driven – but then you get pockets of people saying, um, and to be honest and for me, there's nothing uh, worse for me than a lazy salesman.
0: Mm. <laughs> Drives me nuts. There's no such a thing as a lazy salesman, isn't it?
1: Sure. <sighs> that responsibility thing. That just be, no, that vent didn't generate any ROI. Um So I thought to myself, you know. No 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 I'm going to check this out this is this, there's something here that's not going on and so 365 engage was born and in fact it came from a moment the conviction was when I sat in a meeting with um with a guy called Anthony Doughty who I have a lot of a lot of respect for um and he uh he I said I said to him I know that you know there's been something about not generating ROI uh-huh. and he was like what No, that's absolute bull beep. Um, And I was like, no, I know, you know, I'm willing. We've got to try and, you know, and he was like, No. Absolutely not. What you do generates an incredible amount of ROI and the people that don't see it are the people that don't get the disruptive way that you address the sales and marketing thing. So you almost, um, what I've been trying to do is, is actually put the leads on a platter and say, here you go. But what I was finding is you'd get some people who would take those, run with them and really make something epic.
2: Okay.
1: I mean, Microsoft has supported it for five years, right? So. Yeah. And there's multiple other, um, vendors. I just use them as an example, but they, um, they've supported it for a long time and obviously for a reason, right? <laughs> it's a, it's well, a big what are they, investment. what are they
0: doing differently that others can learn from?
1: Well, so they, they basically listen and, 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 I mean, and, and, and,
0: and learn from even in other platforms. So it could be yeah. other forums out there that they're turning Yeah, training, yeah, so.
1: yeah. So I think the, so that's when 365 Engage, and this is where, I I thought I need to get involved actively involved in the understanding of what the the demand is so where where the stuff is is lying so where the opportunity is and then help drive push that through the cycle okay right so now so I think the difference between nomadic verb and then your your normal kind of agency is I step into the sales role with the vendor and take responsibility with the vendor. Because obviously, I want it to be a sustainable relationship for us, right? That's fantastic. Because I just think that that's... I just don't see people doing that, right, because they kind of run away from it. Because And, yes, I'm not saying that it's all going to be bluebirds and we're going to make, you know. Of course there's going to be good and bad times. And there are some clients that I can't work with because they don't see that because they just believe that, you know, you you pay this amount of money and you get those leads. Yeah. It's, you don't understand your market if that's what you think. <laughs> um, so I believe in really like hand-in-hand hand going with the vendor. Um, and the only way that I can do that, right, was to go to the end user. Okay. And to say, right, so I believe that you met with this vendor. How did it go? And you should have seen the stuff that I heard in Pumi. Wow. It was human stuff mostly, right? Oh, I didn't like that guy, so I'm not going to do business. What? But you can't not do business with a business, with a company because you are like that individual, yeah. but they're never going to say, they're never going to come to the company and say, oh, by the way, I don't like Joe Bloggs, so I'm not going to do business with you, right? So I, I saw it as an important way to start. A, um, a conversation And play a role A pivotal role Between the two To try and drive value By disrupting the way That it's usually done Right Absolutely um, I don't want that Yeah no These are the 20 CIOs That we want to be No 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 no. <laughs> what do you want to sell Okay tell me that Okay what industries Do you want to go into And let's look at that Let's like It won't Might not be those people um, let's explore it. Let's see where we can actually drive some huge impact, without going for that. Yeah, this, that, you know, being very um, regimented and blinkered.
0: I like that a lot. I mean, if if I look at the platforms that that we've participated in, and, and um, how much I try to push the platform owners to say we need you because i know the customers want to engage yeah playing that role yeah. so that's absolutely fantastic and and it's working Still delivering results it
1: is it is it's um i have to say it's been huge it's very frustrating <laughs> because not everyone um you know buys into it but um i've had some really good businesses some really good vendors buy into it and see the value for it okay. because i'm kind of saying i'm going to put my neck on the line with you um
0: and that's the important right part, yes. i'm taking
1: responsibility Absolutely. of this with you i'm not saying it's always going to be you know um Epic and we gotta like, but I am saying that if we're consistent about it and continuous about it and we drive a 365 day engagement with the end user across multiple touch points, we're gonna create a platform that they're gonna wanna come back to because at some point in the line, we're gonna hit a trigger point with them and it's gonna work. Yes. Um, And so it's been hugely refreshing to work with vendors that's, that have seen it. Mm. It's been a massive journey. Um, I do a lot of work with a company called, um, Performanta and they, you know, up and coming, they've, they're growing exponentially in cybersecurity. And yeah, it's been, it's working with the sales guys. I think it's making them understand that they're also part of the whole. You know, I mean, you must see an important. Yeah, it's like absolutely. you know, giving, getting them involved in it, and saying, "Hey, you know, it's, this is this is takes two to tango here. It's not absolutely. just <laughs> marketing feeding you leads." Yeah. you
0: know. So let's talk about disruption in your space. Um, if you look at what Google is doing around, um, you know, mo- moving beyond search engine optimization to now digital. Lead generation campaigns. If we look at yeah. the different types of robots that sell to me on a daily basis, I mean, I love hats. I get sold hats, sneakers, <laughs> all the good stuff, yeah. and um, and it's largely done by robots, right? Yeah. So is. you alluded earlier to the fact that people can go search for the information themselves, and they can become very self sufficient. Plus, we've got robots on this side.
2: Yeah.
0: Where's the space for humans in your industry going forward?
1: So, yeah, um, oh, it's such an interesting thing for me. I think. Um, the human to human connection, the irony of the whole technology revolution or, you know, fourth industrial revolution, however you want to call it, but is that it, I think that the people that cultivate the human relationship or the human to human touch point are the people that will create a niche in any industry that they're in. Um, you know, there's the argument around AI and, and, um, you know what it's going to do and where it's going to go i think it's it's a lot more developed i've read loads of stuff around um how developed it is and we don't even know how developed it is yet wow. right um you yeah, see what elon musk is doing and it's just i think the human side of things um and you go back to basics right everyone has a mom and a dad um they've got married, they've got siblings, they've got kids. Um, If you look at them, and I always think about celebrities in this way, if you peel back everything they're just humans at the end of the day. Mm. They go to sleep, they eat, they have to go to work, whichever work it is, right? And the more you can keep that in focus the more I think that you will probably be able to create a sustainable connection from human to human because it doesn't i think we i mean especially in in africa although the technology um, revolution has is going at a rate of not there's still from a cultural perspective that human thing is so important across multiple cultures i think um and and acknowledging, I think that for me is such an important thing. I, I love I love the, the cultural thing for me is huge, you know, and exploring all the different, I come from Zimbabwe, but exploring all the different cultures in, in South Africa have yes. been, I don't know, just, you know, learning how to say please and thank you and respect <laughs> and doing it in a way that, relates to them Um, but
0: but technology almost takes away the need for that the reason we want to shop online is I don't want to say please and thank you I want to pick what I want and then check out online and then an anonymous person must deliver it (laughs) and hopefully (laughs) I don't get to see them Uh, that's that's where we are right and so that's why I want to understand when you talk about these niches Mm. that are human centric give me a, a vision or a picture of what those niches might translate into
1: well, if you link it to politics as an example, right? Okay. Um I I just think you can't get away from the human thing. Yes, we all buy online. I mean, I'm, I buy online. I hate shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a girly girl. Um but I I still think to change the world Okay. and to change things like um the education crisis and poverty and things like that there's no robots that are going to do that stuff so i'm thinking i'm not thinking now from a nomadic verve perspective i'm thinking much bigger than that i think that businesses need to constantly think about how they're making a difference um you know how they're impacting on everyday lives and the only way that that's going to be seen is is if if there's a human connection there, it doesn't matter how many you know things you can buy online or the access to um, whatever it is. When when you when people go through like um, like a crisis, for example, or where there's um, if you look at all the I mean, I don't know how many political crises there are in the world today, but if you look at things like that, the 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 driving force is is human. Okay. Right, okay. the driving force is somebody who can feel for the people that have lost their homes okay. um for the people who um who don't have connection to to technology and therefore can't get medical care. it's not a robot going, "Oh, I can see that there's a you know a, a pocket of people here who don't have a connection. Yes, you could probably find them, but you wouldn't understand what they needed through through Robotics absolutely I, you know what I mean yeah, and
0: i mean there, there is a very big drive of late um, and where companies are looking at how they can still how they can they do good business you know so yeah. so to be yeah. profitable and to be successful in their own right, but then to also be able to have a net positive impact on the environment within which they operate.
1: Yeah, it's a social responsibility, right? I mean I don't I'm not saying that everyone should sit around the fire and yeah." Mm. But I am saying that I think the only way that business will survive going forward. And there's we I mean we're talking about the tech world, which yes, okay, it's growing exponentially, but there are other Industries where tech Will influence but they will still Be heavily people oriented. If you look at agriculture so I'm a farming Farming girl and um, I mean that's all people orientated Right yes. um, You know I'll give you an example I had a friend of mine Tell me a story about He made a payment um, To all his farm workers Via mobile And Um, one of the more elderly farm workers came to him in tears and said, and she'd broken her phone, right? And she said, I can't get my money. Everyone says that this is where my money is. And he said, yes, I sent it to you using um, EcoCash. And she said, but I can't find it. She'd broken the phone to find the money. Okay, And that was only a couple of weeks ago And that broke my heart Because everyone thinks Yeah, technology is great And it'll give access But there's a massive number of people out there That are not connected yet Mm. That don't understand it And it took a human to say Don't worry mama Here is the money Let Uh, me show you where it is And how you can get it, right?
0: And, and now how can your industry help to continue to maintain the relevance for the human, you know, for the human touch? Because Mm. ultimately, I mean, it's about corporates, right? It's Mm. about business because Mm. yes, the entrepreneurs are coming through and there'll be breakthroughs. But for most of us, it's about these corporates that drive these waves of change. How can platforms like the one that you facilitate and others that you participate in continue to maintain (laughs)
1: Well, I think it's to raise awareness of it. Okay. So, so for me, um, the education thing is 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 just massive. I think that it's the probably um, fundamentally the most important thing from an African perspective in terms of getting everyone educated to a point where they can be empowered and become self sufficient. Okay. Um, So, for example, I think you know, like our platform, I always include so. Very, very close to my heart is a school called Crystal House in, in Cape Town, which um, all the kids that go there are are sponsored. Um, and they're doing some amazing stuff with educating very impoverished children. Okay. And um, I think that every corporate has a responsibility um, to get involved, but not from just throwing money at it. Right. You need to go there. Yes. You need to see those kids. So we're going back to the human connection, right? We're going back to being involved in creating a better world for, for everyone. Um, allowing people to empower and letting people be, become empowered. Um, so I think that big corporates have, and I try and bring that into, so we always do, um, like a CSI thing, um, at our, uh, at our events um, or in all the stuff that we do, we try and involve an element of that. Um, But I think if I, you know, if I see my, my bigger clients, I always try and see if there's something that we can do with them to try and drive, drive that again. It's not going to happen overnight. I think there's still a huge human element. We to need time. You know, there's it's time, but I think if you start as you mean to go on, which is probably my favourite saying, then you will eventually make make a difference. Um, and I think it's actually actively getting involved and not um, throwing money at the problem, yes, right? Yes,
0: yes, yes. Um,
1: and making a difference, a sustainable difference, not a. A short-term difference. Just to um, have an,
0: yeah, And, and for s- salespeople, now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to be more effective uh, in this current world. Mm. How do I evolve myself or as a sales manager for my team?
1: So, um, for me, it's about continuity and consistency.
0: Okay, talk me through that. So,
1: um, the, uh, constantly touching your clients on a continuous cycle of um different so it's not only about selling the product it's 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 sustainable relationships at the end of the day right so that's that's what i preach and for me it's about if you've identified um a target audience you go in and it, for me, the sales cycle is quite long because I don't want to go in and just throw something at the at the client, right? Um, if I believe in it, I'm definitely going to say this is where I think and this is why I believe in it. But I think that it's the listening. Okay. We are driven by targets. We are driven by quarterly revenue numbers. um, and I think you, as soon as you start to let that overtake your life or your world, your sales world, you lose touch with the people that you are trying to sell to. So this whole platform that I created was all around multiple engagements, multiple touch points continuously. Okay. Right? Linking it all in. There should always be a thread of relevance to everything that you do. Um, you know, why are you doing this? Because I'm trying to do that. Why are you I mean a sustainable relationship comes about by cultivating from multiple different things, right? It's not it's not just one touch point with, with the end user. They're not gonna phone you after you've done one forum with them, right? Absolutely. But you're gonna go out for a beer with them. Or you're gonna say happy birthday to them, mm-hmm. or you're going to ask them how their child is.
0: But those things sound so obvious. They're, they sound like I know. it's it's almost like one one.
1: Yeah. I know. I mean, that is, it is 101.
0: So is it that it's not happening or? Well, I don't think or so. Or technology and I has think, pushed us further back from yeah, our customers? Yeah.
1: So I think there's two things that are happening. So there's this drive to, to, to grow the bottom line and the targets. I mean, I, I, I hear it so often where a company's done really well and then their targets are like pushed through the roof the following year. Yes. Right. Um, but that just cannibalizes your whole, Sales, uh, ecosystem because now you're just going to bang harder on those doors, right? Um, but I think, I think what's important is the listening thing, the sale, it is sales 101 I mean, There's just not, I like, I can't, it's not rocket science. Absolutely. It's not rocket science, but I think that if I think where I wanted nomadic verve to go was as an external party, I can h- kind of hold my vendors responsible, right? Okay. Okay. I can say to them, right, you spent this money with me. Okay. Let's like make use of it. I need okay. you to participate here. It's not, I'm not actually reinventing the wheel, but I am being disruptive by saying, this is 101. You're not doing it. Okay. Right? Okay. Step up, participate here. Because um, I've sat in front of a number of end users and said, geez, we had this amazing deal and this is what we were going to do. And the vendor's never gone back. What?
0: doesn't make sense.
1: What? Like, the end user is telling me that they had something on the table. But again, because maybe it wasn't big enough, because they didn't see the vision, mm. because it wasn't addressing their pipeline, other stuff was more important. I think the best salespeople out there are people that constantly are touching their ecosystem. Whether it's small, big, medium, because one thing leads to another, right? Right. Um, and i if you look at the reason why i'm here today um it's because i've got a really good relationship with mark
2: yeah
1: there's no other reason you yeah. wouldn't have known about me right yeah. but um yeah he got what i do and he was like yeah you and so it's just about the network and i think you know it's such a small world <laughs> so you have to um yeah you just be cognizant that. of that yeah. yeah and
0: okay so um, we, before we wrap up um hmm. three questions for you Okay. Simple question. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the first one is um, disruption. Yeah. Your definition of what it means to be disruptive.
1: That's a good question. I actually think being disruptive is about being yourself. Okay. Right. Being I think yourself. it's the courage to be who you are. I think it's 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 um it's understanding who you are. And then grabbing that with both hands and saying, this is who I am. And this is what I want to be. And, um, being disruptive and, and seeing and standing up when everyone else sits down.
0: And that's how you've lived your life.
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) I hope, you know, it's, it's standing by your dreams and stuff like that. Obviously that's, you know, again, 101. But for me, it's about learning who you are. And being who you are, because I think very much you know i have my my husband is a professional golfer, and he's taught me so much about life in general because golf is all about you
0: know, the getting back up, say, right,
1: yeah. yeah, getting back up is just and he does that like an absolute pro i mean he's hugely inspirational, but he he is who he wants to be at the cost of um not having the life that he probably could have in terms of, you know, going into a normal nine to five. Right.
2: Mm,
1: mm. Um, He's risked so much. He's risked belief of his family. He's um, he's done all that stuff, which I think very few people do. Mm. And he stood up and he's been brave enough to say, this is who I am. You either accept it or you don't.
0: That's amazing. So being disruptive is about being yourself, your true self. Yeah. My second question, your vision for the country in a disruptive world. So we'll leave the politics for now. No, but within a disruptive world. Yeah. Yeah. What is your vision or even for the continent?
1: Yeah. So I'm an African baby. I love it. I just love this continent. I have a deep fire in me for, I don't think I'll ever leave it. Mm. Um, or at least if I do temporarily, and I think that's what brought me back here. Um, I just I just want to see education really take hold. I mean, I come from a country where we've been blessed with an incredible education, mm. um, and you see it, you know, um, you see the difference it makes. If I look at Kenya, you know, I've done a lot of travel to Kenya, and I, I see that their education system is just, those guys – they've all got opinions and they all stand up and they say something. For me, um I think the biggest disruptive positive that will come out of Africa is when all the countries and all the citizens of Africa stand up to the dictators and the the people that have oppressed them for so long with the access to education medication, things like that that mm. technology can enable. Can enable, yeah. So for me it's seeing a, a, a new Africa um enabled by technology and the younger generation being given the opportunity to be bigger and better and to stand up and be who they are. Fantastic, and, yeah, yeah. To love who they are.
0: And the last one, your business, where are you going now? The future for nomadic verb?
1: Ah <sighs> to disrupt <laughs> um <laughs> And Pui, I, I don't know, you know, being an entrepreneur, um, the biggest thing is about agility. So I have a vision and I, and I, and I really want to, you know, I want to be known as somebody who, um, connects people. I want to be known as somebody who, um, who can fix things, um, who knows a person um, who can make a plan yes. um, because of, because of this human thing, I think more and more it's becoming about who, you know, um, gotcha. and obviously there's that old saying, who, you know, not what, you know, but I think more and more that's coming into focus because life is just going by so fast. And I think the, 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 the people who can make that connection are the ones that will thrive. Um, emotionally, it will be a huge take a huge toll on on people's lives, I think. I think the, um, I don't know, the rat race and just how fast things are moving. But I think Nomadic Verve has a big future ahead of it. I think, I mean, I say that um, because I believe that if we can help connect people in a meaningful way to solve problems, to drive business, And to do it by taking on some of the responsibility for both parties, then I think that's quite unique. And I think um, it's quite a bold statement because you're standing up to say, okay, I'm going to take some of your – your responsibility and and i'm going to walk with you and i'm going to do it with you because i believe that i can help you um and of course you know we need to to make money at the end of the day as a business but i think if i'm doing it for a a bigger purpose and i'm trying to actually help people sleep better at night then it's all the better Fantastic! Um,
0: yeah, thank you so much, Kelly. It's been it's been wonderful. <laughs>
2: Pleasure. <laughs>
0: I didn't even see the time pass by. It's really been great. Yeah,
2: thank you. Um, thank
0: you. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to Disrupt with Employment Lapo. You know, the biggest message for me today is that you know a huge driver for disruption for all of us is to be ourselves and to pursue that innermost passion, desire, or dream that we wanted to make a reality. And that it's actually within us. Obviously technology enables it. Um, the change in industry enables all the things we do, but really tapping into our inner selves is probably the best and most unique weapon that we have to tackle this very disruptive world. Thank you very much to T-Systems, our sponsors for making this possible. Uh, to Kells, um, and the team on the show. We'll catch you again next week on Disrupt with Embuement Lapo. Have a wonderful day. This is CliffCentral.com.